0: This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nikidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully ever, 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything so Jess has been doing her long runs interval sessions and she will be tackling the final 10k in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes
0: yeah big focus on endurance and a brand new foam which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs so if you want to know more head to the link in the show notes This is The Running Channel Podcast with me, Andy Badley, my co-host, Sarah Harty. She actually writes the scripts that I've got in front of me right here. I can't, <laughs> spell, can't spell her own name. So just like the autocue in Anchorman, I will read what is in front of me. Brilliant. <laughs> and over there in the corner, Rick Kelsey pressing buttons.
1: Heart by name, heart by nature. Yes. Hey, ah, thanks, Rick. Look, yes. I spelled both the your names right. It's just myself that I've let down. <laughs> yes, you've let
0: everybody down. But you're fresh off the back of uh, an incredible marathon experience. Mm-hmm. But also today's episode, we're going to be talking about motivation some keys to staying motivated certainly as it's going to start to get darker the days will get shorter uh, in the UK at least so that that can be quite a difficult time to stay motivated running so we're going to try and help everyone out a little bit.
1: Yeah let's get into it.
0: Right so I think we should start with you Sarah you're fresh just back landed yesterday from Chicago.
1: Yes oh my goodness what an absolutely incredible experience Mm. Chicago crowds do not disappoint really so good I think what's incredible is we did a boat tour the day after the marathon which I highly recommend if your legs won't get going and um, we did a like architectural boat tour around Chicago and it actually really helped like digest the marathon because it can be quite Uh, hard to remember all the different moments but Chicago has loads of different districts and lots of different like you run through Chinatown we ran through some other like incredible streets we ran past like a kind of pride parade as well which was amazing and so like going through all of those different districts on the boat tour it was like oh yeah no i remember that bit and then you come through this it's bit it's pretty
0: cool to immediately relive it because yeah, yeah i guess it's hard to take it all in was it windy
1: uh not really during the marathon but yeah. as you're walking around i tell you what walking we decided to walk back yeah. after the marathon so tom had done his first ever marathon he did so so well and afterwards i was like right do you want to do you want to get a taxi do you want to? do you want to get on the tube like yeah. it's 10 minutes and he was like no no let's walk back and it's 25 minutes and i was like
2: brave. okay That's really brave. but
1: i tell you what is absolutely amazing you know those foil blankets that you get at the end oh yeah, yeah. was it cold it it was really cold walking back and it was really windy but those foil blankets they do the job everything, everything out, out. Yeah, yeah i kind of tied it so it made it into like a little tunnel I, yeah, around me and it was so I warm saw a
3: picture of you in the full blanket and i was wondering why you were in it i mean how cold are we talking How
1: was it? I mean, it was about like highs of 13, 14 degrees, which is obviously quite different to what we're experiencing in the UK at the moment. So actually, yeah, like perfect conditions for running. But then as soon as you finished, I didn't, Mm. I never drop a bag. (laughs) I'm never that organized enough to think about what I want at the end. Um, So I just took the foil blanket and actually it was really warm.
0: I I know that there's a little bit of an element of, of stuff that from from the Chicago Marathon, that's going to lead us nicely to talk about kind of today's topic, which is motivation. But first, I want to find out what Rick has been up to. Quickly,
3: well, very briefly, I had a little health check. You know, oh, yeah, did you? You were for, right? fir- for the. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, uh, and for the oh, fir- I wasn't concerned. Yeah, yeah, I know you weren't. <laughs> I can tell on your face. I was. Um, <laughs> I found out how how tall I am for the first time. Oh for the first time ever
1: wait so hang on let's let's start off with how tall were you telling people how tall do you think you were okay
3: my whole life and you know this i've always (laughs) said how tall are you rick six foot bang on six foot yeah uh how tall are you actually then have you shrunk yeah i am 182.7 centimeters well that That sounds like six foot on the nose isn't it what's six foot (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) is six foot go on (laughs) 182.8. 182.8. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you're point 0.1 off. So one millimeter,
0: one millimeter. Have you just uh, had a moment. I've I've
3: slide to people my entire life. I tell man, you what, though,
1: when you put on the cushioned shoes that you've got on right now. Oh, on these bad boys. That's yeah. making you six foot, mate. Not if not, not a little bit more. Eight, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> there you go. So think, just never take the, them off and you're there's fine.
0: There's no way that any, oh, I mean, maybe we'll get healthcare professionals writing in, but um, there's no way that those
3: things are accurate within a millimeter. But I was standing to attention.
1: But it's like I a was... tape measure. Yeah. How is that not accurate? No, you have to
3: stand underneath a machine. And you get and they do your BMI. Does it, and then does it squash they... your hair down and all that? Or, yeah, a little or bit. They include, or, yeah. or including your That's hair in That's so With my what's hair, I'm wrong? definitely over six foot. What's yeah. wrong
1: with a tape measure? Why are we turning to... Yeah. Hey. Well,
3: what's wrong with being five foot 11 and, you know... percent
1: yeah. <laughs> <999 laughs> <9%? laughs> Nothing, oh, mate. No, Nothing.
3: Uh, apart from that, yeah, fine. Got my cholesterol done. Yeah. All good. Yeah, under five. Success. I have and, uh, no idea what that means, but it sounds good to <laughs> yeah, like, you. Keep you clutch on the five? Sounds hey, like here's you're here's a little winning. fact I found out this week. So my BMI, everyone rubbishes it. it. Mine says I'm over, I'm a bit of a chunky chip. But apparently with runners, your BMI can be quite a little bit higher than normal people because your muscle, you have more muscle than fat. So and you're, you're, and BMI your can't mass proportion is slightly higher. Your mass pre- can't, yeah, 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 so mine's 28.
1: So what you're well, saying I BMA, is, you're such a gym have lad. Another,
3: have another pie. <laughs> Or go and do another squat. Or go and do another squat. No, essentially, yeah, you know, we are, as runners, built a bit firmer, potentially. So I like to think that. So your BMI, potentially, if it's over, it might not be a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: Mm.
3: generally, I think
0: anyone that's directed towards BMI as a genuine, like, Mm. health measure, I think, like, in, in the modern world, there's much better ways of working out whether you're... You know, happy mm. and healthy. So yeah, yeah. Like height. Like heights. Yeah. yeah. So Lenny,
3: well, let's let's stick with six foot. Andy, your week. How tall are you? How tall am I? I
0: am over one eighty eight centimeters, somewhere
3: around that. Flex. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I don't know if that's helping me in marathon training. A lot of the best marathon runners are quite small, aren't they? Yeah. Do you think you've shrunk since you stopped running five years ago?
0: So that, I think you'd grow, wouldn't you? If I was running nearly 100 miles a week, that would have been compressing everything. Compressing. So, oh, so, maybe oh, so you've grown. got taller. Oh, I'm going to claim That's it. That's great. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but marathon training is in, in full swing. I, I've had probably the toughest week yet. More from the, the interval sessions. That mm. all, it was a tempo run that I did that that I think is just showing me how hard it's going to be. It ended up being a total of about a half marathon distance for this tempo run, including the warm-up and the warm-down. Or warm-up and cool-down, depending on how you want to describe those. Damn. And just that that was that was really tough like it mentally was tough i did it on my own and it was a, that realization of oh god that was hard and then my average pace overall is probably about what i try want to try and run for the marathon um I so are you half, any, the, half only got to do double yeah but I, i've been really pleased with the progress and i've seen seeing genuine progress mm. every week in terms yeah. of whether that's heart rate or pace or distance that i'm able to cover and that has been motivating so that that kind of measuring my own progress not against anyone else and not against how i was years ago Mm. just against the previous day and the previous week and the previous month that has really motivated me to get
1: out i think that sometimes is the the best thing about marathon training is like Mm. slowly it takes so long to train for a marathon that actually like slowly over time you just realize you're getting one step closer and piecing the bits of the puzzle together to actually get to that start line and feel like, yes, I'm ready. I can do this.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm just trying not to think too far ahead. I've got loads of people asking me questions. What are you doing about this? Are you going to do this? And I was like, I don't what know. What are you doing about that?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this
0: and that. This and that. I'm just going to deal with it Deal with it as it comes. Um, but yeah, I have uh, 30K
3: coming up this Sunday, which I'm really Ooh. nervous about. Sure. Do you think Andy is more nervous about this than anything else he's ever done I since he's retired?
1: I think so, yeah. But I've never, I think it's really nice to see like how excited and invested you are in yeah. it. I feel like we spent the first half of this year being like, you ready? And you just try it in complete denial. But now you're like into the thick of marathon training. Yeah, it's so cool. So it's you though. can talk about. And to be honest, it's getting a bit boring. But
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only a I've few had months left in Valencia. For it. <laughs> we shouldn't have set him up for it in the first place. I'm looking forward to going though. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's going to oh, be good.
0: I, I, I am now like, it's what seven weeks out six seven weeks to go it feels very real yeah um, and actually this is I suppose my take on on today's topic about motivation which is that yeah I was struggling with motivation in the past couple of years because I just wanted to stay fit and and that was my only purpose so therefore I could just choose not to run if I didn't want to mm. whereas now I know I'm not going to get around and feel like I've done myself justice unless I put the training in and so having set a, a kind of finite time frame on something and a, and a goal where I am now like up front, I wanna see what I can do. All of a sudden, like mm. fitting stuff into my routine and building new habits and all of these things has come so much easier than I expected because yeah. Because I want to see what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, linked to that, I have yeah. a similar motivation thing that came up over the weekend whilst I was out in Chicago that I thought was interesting. Warning, bit of a rant coming Mm. up. Oh, hello. Hopefully I'm speaking to a vocal minority, but in case I'm speaking to a silent majority here, I want to address why people run marathons, because I had some interesting comments on social media after saying that I'd run Chicago with Tom, who was doing his first marathon. And that
0: wasn't a a Strava title diss, was it? It wasn't like, my marathon with Tom. No,
1: (laughs) no, no, it genuinely was morning run for quite a long time, and then it was Chicago marathon. But I had some people commenting saying, Oh, what a waste that you'd ran it easy and you didn't race it. I had other people saying, how can you pace something when that was the time that you ended up running? I'm not giving it away because the video isn't out yet, but I want to address- So essentially the
0: implication here is that there's like, this, uh, from, from those comments is that people yeah. didn't think it was inverted commas kind of worth it yeah. if you were running a certain pace.
1: Yeah, a certain pace or- a pace or, that's slower than your Yeah, if you're best. not going for a personal best. What I want to address is, mm. is that there are so many different reasons why people run marathons. Yeah. So if just... you're running it because you want to run a personal best, great. If you're running it because you want to run for charity, amazing. Mm. If you're running it because you want to prove to yourself that you can get round, yeah. or if you're running it because you and a friend love running marathons and you're doing that together, and regardless of what pace you're running, you're going to finish and have a good time, all of those things are valid and okay and so that's the first thing that I was a bit shocked by because I genuinely enjoyed Chicago probably more than some of the marathons that I've run in the past where I've been clock watching I've had a pace in mind I knew I had to get to the finish line you
0: could actually and this is what a lot of people will do that go to a big city marathon or a smaller marathon because they just want to soak up that support on the course see the city like Especially I, don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any wrong or right reason for, for no. look, if you're out there getting it done, like we're we're all about like people lacing up and getting out. And that's the biggest barrier for me most days is just lacing up and getting out the door. Yeah, so, whatever
1: yeah. you're like, whatever reason you are trying to run is totally valid. So that was the first one, especially as well, like with a marathon major like Chicago, some people save up for years for this experience yeah. and it costs thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever currency you're working in. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go around and you actually want to remember it. I remember so much more of Chicago than I do of a race where everything's a blur because I'm yeah. so in in a time zone. But equally, if you are running for paces, that's totally fine as yeah. well. But
3: That's because it lasted an extra third compared to your normal pace. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm getting more for my money yeah, exactly. <laughs> than yeah, everyone else. Fair. But then that's the other thing as well. Like, it doesn't matter what the clock says yeah. at all. Like, if you're so... If anything- Finish lines,
3: not finish times. No. Exactly. I couldn't even tell you my London finishing time. No, it doesn't matter. I and them. I
1: think it's a shame, like if you if you meet someone who's recently run a marathon, please, please try and not let your first question be, what time did you run? No. Because for some people that's really important. Yeah. For other people, it's not about that at all. And if they are disappointed in their time, that, that shouldn't be the first thing that they have to admit to you. And the other thing as well, it, that I wanted to address is that, you know, the people at the front of the pack, the Kipton's, Hassan's, who are breaking records, winning, that's brave. To go out and try and win a race is incredibly yeah. brave. But actually going right to the back of the pack and starting a race like Chicago, which has a strict cutoff time of six and a half hours, yeah. that, if uh, anything, yeah. I would like I to say, that. six
3: and a half hours cut yeah, off time. Yeah,
1: starting that, knowing that you might not finish, it's going to be a struggle against the clock and you might have to drop out or get timed out. I would argue that that's braver no, because that right. is yeah. such you're an incredible feat.
3: You're right. Do not ask them that as the first question. Do it as the no. second question. Judge <laughs> <your> men. <laughs>
1: yeah, ask about the crowd no, think read the, read the room, right? You see what yeah. people's
3: motivation are. Like this is, I, I
0: couldn't feel more strongly about what we're about, the Running Channel and, and the reason we do the podcast, anyone listening. Um, I'm going to be chasing a time in, mm. in Valencia. But I mean, ultimately- but, but That's very personal sp- to me. Yeah. And
1: you spent a career- racing so like if you were just when you first said like oh I want to run a marathon and I want it to be trail and I don't want to think about times I was like is Mm. that really you Andy (laughs) is
2: that going to motivate you
0: through 16 weeks uh, so I think that is that is what's going to motivate me in this instance uh but it's not what's motivating me on the the training runs and stuff I'm just enjoying that sense of achievement of kind of completing stuff Mm. um and we're just uh, like I'm in awe of everyone who's out there running and so, anyone that's listening to this, I'm hoping whatever run you're doing, whatever distance that is, doesn't like. Just I hope you're enjoying it, and that that it's exciting for you in the way that running at the moment is really exciting for me in a way that I've not experienced in yeah. ten years or so. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about actually motivation. So, so I'm motivated right now by getting the training in to try and finish this, um, finish this marathon. And as part of that, I'm starting to see what I'm capable of. And then the time element is starting to motivate me as well. Mm-hmm. But there's something more general I thought was interesting to talk about today, which is something called... And I'm not a behavioural psychologist. I'm not an expert on this. <laughs> but I just think it's interesting because I can see it in my own day-to-day motivation. And that's habit stacking.
3: Are you guys familiar yes. with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Habit stacking? Yeah. I've never heard of that before.
1: Oh, Rick, this might change your life. Okay.
3: So I'm all ears. <laughs> so, well, I mean,
1: it's, it's,
0: not, it's not like, you know not rocket science I suppose but once you know about it I think you can tap into it to help you to make small habitual changes which will allow you to Mm. improve your running or just improve day to day life so it's essentially a way of associating a new behavior that you want to develop so that might be that you want to go out running more regularly so that would have been me pre-marathon training because I was like I do want to run more regularly but I had nothing that was forcing me to not forcing me I didn't want to get out the door every day or okay. mm. regularly. So that's one, so that's one thing. Well, that's, you choose that new behavior that you want to do. Yeah. And then you s- stack it on top of an existing trigger or habit that you already have. So to take it back to basics, I suppose, every morning you get up and then you brush your teeth. Um, but you might decide that a new habit that you want to do is to do five minutes of yoga or stretching or, yeah. or proprioception, balancing on one leg, that sort of thing.
3: Unless Think. you're on the, your way to the World Athletics Championships and you have to sleep in a in a lobby floor. Okay, you yeah. don't brush that's your a teeth disruption then. to your normal <laughs> routine, yeah. So we did experience that.
0: But yeah, you know you're going to brush your teeth. That's a habit yeah. that you've already developed and that you do without even thinking about it. So then you start to associate the new thing with that existing habit. Oh, I see. Be like, as soon as I finish brushing my teeth, I'm going to do X. And then you try to do that regularly, and that's called habit stacking because you're stacking the one you want to do on top of something that you already do. So for me now, it's like I would pack my work bag before I go to bed because I'm dealing with kids the next morning and and I don't want to have to do that. So that's a habit that already exists. I have to do it. I do it already. So now as part of that, I'm also now packing my running kit and choosing the shoes that I'm going to wear for the particular run that I have the next day. Um, And in doing so, there's no excuses for me not to do it the next day. Um, Or I'm coming in from work and...
2: So it comes naturally then?
0: Yeah, so it starts to come naturally. You still have to kind of force it initially, but by tagging stuff onto habits that exist already, then you've got the the chance to like make it stick. Basically, it's
3: just one thing. So that's the running. Is there another part to the habit stacking?
0: Well, you can use it for anything. So if you, if you wanted to learn a language, you could be like, you could use that it for that. So you could you could take something that you normally do, like uh, you you know, you take your phone with you on the train, um, or yeah. you, I, and and then you could you have a habit of the way that you behave at that point of the time every day and this is really interesting i'm gonna add another i'm gonna pin it to it basically
1: another good one with this as well that i do is that there are certain podcasts that i only listen to out on a run so then that motivates me because a habit is this podcast comes out on a friday every single week and then when i'm struggling to get out for a run at the weekend or the following week i'm like oh no i want to listen to that podcast so i instantly am motivated to go out for my run because i want to listen to that that's
3: a reward though isn't it Uh, that's See, it's like I
0: teed you up and I genuinely oh, had a no. Uh, no, no. So I've got, I've got a list here of the psychology behind habit formation. And basically, it starts with um, the cue or the trigger to initiate the habit loop. So that could be an event, an emotion, a time of day, or an action that prompts your brain to start that habit. And the way habit stacking works is you're trying to pin that onto something you already do. So right. brushing your teeth or packing your bag or whatever it might be. You then tag on this extra, like, trigger to, like, oh, yeah, that means I've got to do this. Um, then there's the, the routine or the behaviour. So like that's the action that follows that cue. So that's actually doing the thing. Then there's reward. And that could be like a dopamine hit. And that's why social like social media and phones and stuff become so addictive is because the habit that you establish by mistake, taking your phone to the toilet or whatever it might be, rewards you with a dopamine hit. And because you have that reward, it's you're into this cycle of like developing the habit. And suddenly
1: you're looking at a puppy surrounded by ducks like I was this morning well, on the toilet. No, in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst driving? No, in the passenger (laughs) seat. Being
0: driven. And then then it comes onto this like reinforcement doing it again and again and then it becomes a habit. And because Mm -hmm. it's going to get dark soon and we're going to have like, you know, it's only light in the UK from what, half eight in the morning yeah. till three till o'clock in the afternoon
3: yeah so it's built in motivation oh yeah. so hang
1: on then have i if i understand this correctly have i got a double habit stack and reward by if i get my kit out the night before and put yeah. it on the radiator i've <gasps> won warm. i've won yes. stacked and then two i've got the lovely reward of a nice warm top to put on in Clean the morning when yes. it's cold yeah uh-huh. and then
0: you and then you get the reward of the actual run of feeling that sense of accomplishment that yeah if you The more barriers you put in the way, like your kit's not ready, you haven't planned the route you're going to take, Mm -hmm. you don't have a podcast to look forward to, because I do that as well. I save my favourite podcasts. Um, It'd be weird if it was the Running Channel podcast, but I'm hoping someone listening (laughs) is listening to the Running Channel podcast on their their runs. We get lots of lovely messages about that. Um, Actually, email into podcast.therunningchannel.com to tell us how you listen to the podcast. I'd love to know where and when is it? Your commute, is it Mm.
1: you
3: saving it for runs?
1: There's also some people who will listen to it and then will watch it as well. So thank you if you're a double...
3: And then get viewer, confused why we listener. don't release every single one on video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, every other one. Well, one. maybe this is a good segue because this is a video
0: and audio episode, so you can choose if you wanted to see this as well. Something that I think is motivating is being part of something more than just yourself. So that I, I'd hope that that's the running channel community and what we're kind of doing for people out there. Uh, but also there are amazing running communities around the UK and around the world and I actually had a chance to speak to two different running communities that are supported by New Balance in the UK so that's We Run Edinburgh up in Edinburgh obviously and then Snappy Runners from Manchester to find out I suppose what their motivation is like what they get out of their their running communities so I had a chance to speak to them so maybe we should hear from them now
2: yeah let's give it a listen We Run Edinburgh is a women's women's running community we run together and um, to encourage each other for uh, friendship and to for the accountability to keep ourselves going. What would you say
0: the the biggest thing that you've taken personally from your experience with with We Run Edinburgh, the thing that's almost most important to you?
2: We Run Edinburgh is really important to me because I can I can see how people come to the group and how they change over time. They might start really quiet, even though we say like make sure you talk to someone, don't let anyone run on their own. There's always someone that just wants to to run on their own in silence, and I think seeing that over time, them become more involved with the group, um, is really nice to see that, you know, like they want to help out, being a front or a back runner, or um, they want to get involved in plotting out routes or something like that for our runs. Seeing people become a bigger part of the community is a really important part of we run Edinburgh
0: for sure. We end up. Feeling that enthusiasm through the kind of I suppose the comments and the interaction that we get, yeah. um, but you're and also we do in-person run clubs as well, and that's when it becomes tangible. But you're seeing that every week and seeing people kind of come out of their shells, I suppose.
2: Just see people who've turned up really nervous, and even some of the messages I get each week before the run, like "What pace do you run? Do it? Do it? Will I be fast enough? Or do I need to be able to run a particular distance?" And then when they turn up, and and enjoy it and then afterwards saying oh that was so much better than I thought I, I was really nervous before before I came along and I I really love that like I'm always we're always trying to reassure people that it's a social run we're here to chat like the run part is secondary to all that it's community first then run um and I think that's really important that's an amazing place to finish thank
0: you so much Lynette and I'm really excited to to meet you all and and hopefully see a whole bunch of you out in Valencia, so thank you.
2: Thank you, and good luck.
0: Thank you, I'm going to need it now. (laughs) Okay, now I'm joined by Harley and Charlie from Snappy Runners in Manchester, so thanks very much for talking to me, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Andy. Brilliant. I would love to dive straight in and find out a little bit more about what you do, how you describe yourselves, I suppose like the reason for
4: being, like how did it all come about? So it came about last January, me and Harley ran quite frequently, like coming out of like a post-pandemic and we noticed a lot of people like central Manchester that we pass running on their own. So we kind of felt there was a space to create this kind of community led safe zone, like no pressure of people just coming together through running really. So first run was 15th, no, 40th of January last year, Yeah. in which we had about 22 people c- come to and then from there, it's just snowballed. Like we get new faces every week and we probably average at about, our Saturday social run now is like 90, 90 people on a Saturday morning. That's amazing, yeah. And and were they people who didn't know each other before, snappy runners? They've all just come together through running. Um, yeah, pretty much so. We've had a few relationships, yeah. We've had a few success stories. Um, I'm, I'm a success story in that respect. I live with someone who I met at the club um, and didn't oh. know 18 months ago. We're still waiting on the first snappy's baby. Um, and <laughs> we're going to come up and see some of you guys
0: at one of your running events and then we'll also see you out in Valencia which is really exciting I guess if you were to try and sum up what, what it is that you stand for and what, what you're trying to do at Snappy Runners what would you say?
4: Probably quite a lot A lot of run like communities and clubs that we're aware of in the country that, that are not in like an athletics landscape as I say like all our runs are social runs we, we run on a Thursday at 7pm, we do a 10K. And then we run on a Saturday morning, which is a social 5K. Um, I think what's quite nice is we, we've kind of created that space where people can come together in the running community. And then we've got people to sort of branch off and go and do their runs at different tempos and paces if they want to take it more seriously. But I think well, what we stand for is is social, it's community, it's friendship and new experiences, really. I think what we're really trying to push next year is more social events like away from running. So whether that's like meals, drinks, excursions, stuff that, you know, we can branch off and do more. So we don't want to just be known as solely focused on on, on running and so like emphasis on pace and, and times, etc. It's all about like the social space. So I'm a bit older than Harley. I turned 33 this year. And I think when you go into your thirties, you kind of have this mentality that, that you know all the hobbies you like, you've made all the friends you're going to make. And for me, in the last eighteen months, like my mind has just been open, you know, on such a wider landscape of meeting new people, even taking up running much more. So for me, like the club has given me so much uh, personally. New Balance has I think, given us and the club the opportunity to give those experiences to people. Being a runner is getting yourselves out there. Maybe run five hundred meters, walk two hundred meters, run five hundred meters again on your couch to five k. If you are training for ultramarazzi, we've got a whole host of people like that come to snap days and it's nice that they can all kind of down tools and it means the, the one thing they do have in common is that they want to spend time with each other um, and they look forward to that Saturday morning, Thursday evening. Wow,
3: that was really nice to hear from them. The thing I would take away from the lads in Manchester is, I mean, free flatmate. <laughs> That's what you took from it. That's what you took from it's it. It's
1: so interesting seeing how, like, there are so many different running clubs out there as well. Mm. Like I love the difference of one thing that I think is so cool from Lynette in Edinburgh is that 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 was genuinely my biggest fear when I joined a running club at first was like pace, and it's so nice that it's so inclusive and you're not not going to mm. l- get left behind. But then speaking of motivation, the guys in Manchester so cool to have a club where you're turning up to be with your friends, be around with other people. Like, that's so nice.
3: Meeting new friends in a new city when people have moved from all over the country. You know, he was talking about post pandemic there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know a lot of people in Manchester. They've moved from different parts of the country. How can we meet? Uh, All right, this is actually a building block for the rest of your life isn't
2: it
1: yeah and you're not gonna like on a thursday if you're going for their i think they said it was 10k on a thursday you're not gonna miss that because you don't want to run you're gonna go because you want to go see your friends exactly. and then you're like oh well i'm gonna have to run anyway yeah yeah running clubs are amazing
0: actually yeah, yeah and if it, like i've made so many of my closest friends through running and met you guys um <laughs> <Rude>. i've,
3: I've <laughs> known you for
1: 20 Andy. years you muppet <laughs> i'm so glad i haven't known you for 20 years i'm joking
0: i love you both um i get yeah running brings people together and, and what was amazing actually that came through from from both of those groups is is that it didn't you, you could be a really experienced runner who runs really fast yeah and you could also be someone who's just started out and, and is experiencing it through character 5k mm. but there's a place for both of those people in one space mm. and then outside of the the running club you can do all all of the kind of extra stuff that, you know, there might be someone running six or seven times a week versus someone else who only runs at Snappy Runners. Yeah. Because the I fact know, that there's a space for both.
1: And I know as well, like if you are on a training plan training for something, a lot of people say that actually the runs they struggle the most with are the easy paced runs yeah. or like the runs where there's no intervals or yeah, tempo, no paces. Yeah. So that's what in Manchester... Motivation. Great! You've got friends to talk to, yeah. and that will breeze you through whatever run you need to do that week. Yeah,
0: and I think that would be my main summary was was that's an amazing way of staying motivated as it gets and staying safe. Mm. Like I know it's weird living in a world where you shouldn't have to do this, but you know people feel safer going out when it's dark if they are t- together with other people, and that's part of the kind of mm. reason for being of the the We Run Edinburgh uh, group is is feeling safe in, in in numbers. um And yeah, as it as it gets dark, it's hard to get out the door. But if you're meeting someone or you're, and particularly if those people become your friends or already your friends, that's motivation. probably the most powerful motivation that there yeah, is. Yeah,
3: completely.
1: So you're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, we've each picked a new story to discuss. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule.
0: Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about.
1: Yeah. And if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. The news we couldn't go a whole episode without mentioning oh, there's a new world record yeah new men's
0: world record yeah having the women the women's record was smashed a few weeks ago it's oh, just yeah. they're, they're falling like dominoes it's incredible it's i thought you were so going to talk exciting. about the park one
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. There are so many records. Yeah. So many people are running phenomenally fast. So um, Sifan Hassan, who ran and won London Marathon back in April, yes. ran at 2.13.44. Incredible. So she is getting closer and closer to the women's world record. Yeah.
0: So this is in Chicago at the weekend. Yeah. So she didn't break the world record, but no. she, she's run the second fastest time in history.
1: The fact that as well, that that was her second ever marathon. Yes. First US marathon and she won it. Incredible. And then um, Kipton... Broke the men's world record and ran two hours and 35 seconds. That doesn't sound like a real time, does it? And um, if you're
0: not aware, the way that he ran it is even more staggering. Yeah. So he he already held the time for the fastest second half in marathon history from his debut in Valencia last year um, when he ran 201.53, I think. And he think he closed in 60.15 or something for his second yeah. half, which is, it makes you feel a little bit sick. Mm. And then this year he ran fifty nine. 47 i think around yeah. about that give or take a second for his second half so a sub six uh, it's ridiculous saying it out loud a yeah. sub 60 minute second half to break the the world record so and he, now he thinks he he go he's sub going two. for it
1: there is 35 seconds between history being made and the first ever men's sub two hour yeah. marathon within a record if you don't know the one that kip chogi ran sadly doesn't count because of all of the
0: yeah, he had a flanks crew. of, of crew. pacemakers yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and crew and, and the course itself. And it wasn't a competitive marathon, so it was just him. So yeah. all of that means it doesn't... It's going to happen.
3: It's going to happen.
1: Where's it going to happen, Rick?
3: I think it's going to happen in Chicago next year.
1: Do you think? No, I think Berlin. Yeah, I Berlin, think Berlin 2024.
3: 2024. But then Berlin's quite... It depends on
0: what he wants to do with the Olympics the oh, Paris. Oh, yeah, and the, Olim- like, the oh, and Olympics is yeah, quite close. change it, yeah. And, and the, the, the thing... He's very young, he's only 23. But mm. the thing with running and marathon running is so you can have like i suppose a purple patch and so how mean? much does he as in just you have is this, this small amount of time patch, that you're amazing yeah. oh right and so that's when was, what that one makes you that, still
1: waiting for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks sarah that's what, that's what makes
0: kipchoge the greatest of all time because he's done it over you know 10 20 years yeah um but for a lot of athletes they they burst through onto the scene they might have one or two amazing years and then it's quite hard to maintain it. So. Mm. Um, it's whether or not he tries to capitalise it ne- in the next six to 12 months or whether he focuses on the Olympics. We just don't know. So I guess watch this space.
1: Yeah, either way, we're proud. Don't worry, Kipton. The expectations are high, but if you don't do it, it's fine.
3: Yes, we're okay with it. We're all right. Yeah, <laughs> but well it, would, it
1: would be exciting if you did.
3: And well done to the kid who nailed the park run score as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Good job. So this is a yeah, nine-year-old. He ran 1740 something for 5K. Does that make is... you
1: feel sick, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> uh... What were you running age nine?
0: Oh, I mean, I was barely running competitively. I think I run... Run... He was running just the running the away stop. from me. <laughs> just running across the playground, like, yeah. the like 50 metre sprints. That was all I was doing. Nice. So now it's time for the best bit, I think. So that's your questions. And if you have got any for future episodes, email us in to podcast at
3: com. We would love to try to help you out. Rick. You know what people are very good at nowadays? telling us where they're from
1: oh well like, done everyone you're <laughs> yeah. making rick very honestly happy. yeah
3: you should see his, his face and, and uh, we get lots of lovely messages yeah that. i should yeah you're right it should put some powder on <laughs> i'm smiling that much
1: yeah oh also as well we get loads of so we get lots of questions we also just get lots of lovely messages and andy keeps sharing them in our little podcast uh group chat mm-hmm. and me and rick just you know ignore him but heart react <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Classic.
3: So true. but they are they are amazing so thank you very much Jeremy from Winchester. I'm interested to know if one can benefit from adding running backwards into training. Thanks for a great podcast and everything else you offer about running.
2: Thanks, Hello. Jeremy.
3: Isn't that intriguing? Do you did know you why? do there's backwards a guy... running? No, right? there's a guy in our council it, who works on noise complaints, who's one of the world record holders for running backwards. Really? And he contacted me because he's like, I see you on the channel and I know yeah. you live in, in our area. And he's like, have you ever done anything on running backwards? And I said, we have made one video yeah. on a track. Where was it? In... I think I
0: think it was what during the pandemic we we're all during filming the pandemic, remotely, so we could go and do it wherever oh, we. Oh yeah, yes, so we went. We yeah,
3: we, we tried yeah. it, and it's so tough.
1: How, was it? Yeah, was it hard?
3: Tough, but I tell you what, it was fun, and was I think it... if you get really good at running backwards, as in not to elite level competition kind of level. But you can get to a point where you don't actually need to really look where you're going because yeah, you're that's on a track. What, well, that sounds terrifying.
0: Yeah, I suppose if you're on the track and the, you know that, that it's a clear space. So yeah, there's a safety element. But but and and I don't know whether I could ever be fully on board with actually going for a like going for a normal run and doing it backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I have read various things and spoken to physios at various points in the last couple of years where there's been a discussion about, for example, walking backwards on a treadmill. As a safer way of doing it, because it does recruit muscles in a totally different way, and you're the difference between that eccentric contraction of muscles and so on. I've I've heard positive things that 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 can okay. have an impact on. Strength and conditioning for knees and hips in particular because mm. of the way that you use your quads and hamstrings in a different way to normal by walking backwards.
1: Well, it's definitely, I mean, lots of people employ going backwards after a marathon, backwards downstairs, mm. hurts less. And also uh, on a hill, if you're in like a really long race or a hilly race, going down backwards feels much better. Mm. And you can actually, if you're on like an elliptical, you can go backwards and forwards. Yes, you can, yeah. So and maybe east, that's a, rather yeah. than going to your local track and running around backwards, maybe if you want to give it a go, head Yeah, try the walking on
0: a treadmill first and, and, and then... Let us know your experiences on podcast at the running channel.com as to how Um, please film it. Yes. How many many strange looks you got in the gym as well? The
1: local gym group chat is going to be like someone doesn't. it's not
3: slow. Please be sensible. Yeah. And the opposite of eccentric is concentric. Glad you knew it. (laughs) Okay, sorry, was that you testing me? I was so about to
1: say eccentric. (laughs) Uh, Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Peter
3: from Sydney. Uh, Hi, Peter. Hello, Peter. (laughs) <laughs> that was good. I'm about to run my first marathon and I'm hoping to listen to your answer during the Sydney Marathon this Sunday. I'm really enjoying your marathon plan and it's made me pretty confident for a good race this weekend. I've also started to buy future events, one of which is a trail trail marathon how different would you train for a trail marathon i'm also glad i get to complete a marathon before andy (laughs) 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 amazing oh well
0: good luck peter so if you are listening i hope you hope you smash it and enjoy it and it goes well (laughs) clearly given my vast marathon experience i'm the i'm the best place to answer this but i'm going to chip in first despite the fact that i'm not the best place to say that interestingly i would have spent as much time as possible previously in my career trying to run off road as much as possible on nice trails and stuff that they weren't too rough and and, and risk risky from that perspective but from an impact perspective that's what i would have done whereas this year training for the marathon i've been quite conscious of deliberately running on the road i think the new new shoes and new foams and stuff do make a difference they protect you more but you do need to be conditioned to the surface that you're going to run on um and so i would say that that's the, the approach there is that like most people do most they're running on pavements and roads and stuff and if you're going to run a trail marathon you can still do some of it like that but i think you need to get off road because you'll be slower it's it's harder the ground reaction time is longer shoes shoes Yeah, it depends on how aggressive the trails are, how technical they are as to whether you need to have different shoes.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the biggest things you need to factor in is terrain and elevation are going to be the biggest factors. Depending how close it is to Sydney Marathon, you've already got a really good block of training under your belt. So your aerobic fitness to be able to complete that is going to be there. But then then what you need to work on is hills in a marathon are going to feel so hard. So like doing some of your longer runs on a hilly off-road course on some trails near you will massively benefit you and also yeah. check the elevation of the course as well. Like see if you can find, mm. I don't know, a long run that would slightly mimic that so you can get used to what it feels like to run 10K and then have to deal with some brutal hills.
0: Yeah, and to keep running, I'd say like the key to, to hills is, it, it depends on how extreme this trail marathon is. Mm. But let's say it's undulating rather than like yeah. mountainous. Yeah, Then being able to, to run up hills and then kind of run off the hill is always the key to like when we were doing cross country as a kid. Like that's where you can kind of really make a difference to your overall, you know, position or finish yeah. time if that's what you're pursuing. And is, the... is running up and then being able to kind of be strong enough to keep going and not have that kind of more pressure on your joints. And the there.
1: downhills as well yeah. are going to be. If anything, yeah. I found in hilly courses that's the bit that hurts. Like bit. uphill more is S&C. just yeah, uphill's yeah. hard, but practice running yeah. down as well. Yeah, good luck, Peter. And that's that
0: yeah. you know, eccentric control that you need on your hamstrings if you're going downhill. Yes. That's the muscular (sighs) thing. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, I thought you were. I want to say massive good luck to Peter from Sydney, but that has prompted me to also, we don't normally do this, but a very good friend of ours, uh, of Rick and mine from uh, a long time. Of, oh, personal shout uh, out. Yeah, yeah, personal shout Aww. out. Is, uh, ben, if you're listening. Hey, Ben. Uh, he's running his first marathon in Melbourne. And uh, and he's
3: been annoying us so much.
1: <laughs> training. Right Rick, you've say. got two people in your life complaining about <laughs> <Yeah>. marathons. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Good job he's,
3: I'm not running one. <laughs> he literally, he, uh, <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> he asked he asks Andy about 15 questions a week about what to do. Hey. Andy, what shall I have for breakfast? Banana, okay. Yeah, it's fine.
1: <laughs> oh, Ben do no Clinton. Good yeah. luck, Ben. No, if good you're luck, out ben, running, honestly, as we're as you're proud listening of you, mate. We're yeah, proud of you. You, you got there,
3: it. destroy it. He's in good shape. He has yeah. broken a rib he in his training. Break, and he's that in that really good shape. Yeah. But he's so, back in the game. He's a good good lad.
1: Go on, Ben. And we got through it. We got to the end. Yes, we did. <laughs> Almost. Yeah,
3: I think you've got a favour to ask, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I have got I have a favour to ask. Why don't you say that, Rick? If you are enjoying this, please, please do share it around with your other runners, your other people in your group chats or people who you're out running with right now Mm. recommend us to a friend and we can help so many more runners and thank you so much for listening
0: do we need to have some kind of uh you know like refer a friend and you get something I w- I w-
1: Andy will personally... <laughs> take, take <laughs> yeah. you Actually, I tell you, you what. If a hand-written, you, handwritten letter. If you email into us and say the name of the person that you've recommended it to, I was listening to a podcast recently where at the end of the podcast, all of the people that have like recently subscribed or whatever, they make it into a fun story.
2: Oh, so okay.
1: here's the challenge. In the next couple of weeks, if you email in and say you've referred it to a friend, Andy will make up a fun running-related story Can't wait. with all of the people.
3: I am right incredibly creative <laughs> you two stop talking yeah okay, okay. We're sorry
1: done. goodbye
0: This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do. Run her best.
1: If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.